Hey, I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening to our message. We strive each week to bring you relevant, practical, biblical teaching that meets you where you are. Hope you enjoy the message. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yeah, if you're like, mm, to that music, I don't, I don't know what's going to get you going this summer at all. So uh, you need an attitude adjustment if that's not making you smile. Uh-huh. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. I got a uh, true confession to the pastor. Bowen's getting ready to start a championship game here in 10 minutes in Lombard. My parents ditched me. My wife ditched me. Even my two daughters ditched me this morning. I, I, I had faith in Kendall would come to church with me today. And she's like, no, I'm going to the game. I was like, oh. Brokenhearted this morning. Anyway, uh, I, when I was a kid, the same age as Bowen, I, I played uh, on Sunday sometimes. And my parents would never come to the games because my dad was a pastor. Well, both my parents are pastors. And um, so that was always the time in which I would hit a home run when they weren't present. So I told Bowen, I said, dude, you get to do something this morning, like a generational thing. You can hit a home run when I'm not there. And it'll make me cry, but it'll be great for you, okay? You just go ahead and do that. He's like, okay, dad, I'll do it. Because <laughs> that'll make the difference, right, if he does that. Anyway, um, so uh, we're, we're having fun and a blast and a little... A little glimpse into our summer is just all about baseball, 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 and having some good times with the family. Um, and I hope your summers have been a blast so far. We're about halfway through summer. Oh, right? I know. It's going too fast. Come on, somebody hit the pause button. Slow it down a little bit. Teachers are like, why, why would you say something so hurtful? <laughs> right? But uh, we're, we're hurtling through summer, and I want you all just to hear, take a breath, Drink some lemonade, chill out, buy a hammock, sit in hammock. It does no good to rest. If you just purchase the hammock, you have to actually you know, put it up and set in it too. But do something just to soak it in because we don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss it. This moment of just recalibration, this moment of maybe slowing down, this moment of whatever it is, spending time with your family that you don't usually get, I hope that you can take this opportunity to, to jump fully into that. Um, this morning, we are continuing our series in Proverbs. Now, you are going, I've, I've read Proverbs a few times in my life, but it was usually like a completion grade. Like if I was reading the Bible through in a year or in a certain amount of time, I was like, oh, Proverbs, <laughs> just fly through it. It's got the funky little writing because it's a poem and I'm just going to go. And I haven't really ever studied it, like tried to really jump into it. And so this series is a, uh, a jumping full into the deep pool that Proverbs is. And so uh, I hope you uh, join me in that with the We Read. If you need the guide or want a, a, a journal or anything like that, it's out in the lobby. And we would love for you to, to take uh, one of those journals with you and the reading guide. We're reading a proverb a day. And this is so worth your time, so worth this, this moment. Um, you can stop scrolling Facebook for 10 minutes to pick up the Bible. I guarantee you, Proverbs will give you more food for thought than whatever you scrolled through on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, it just is loaded, loaded with good stuff. Proverbs is written by Solomon trying to teach his teenage boys how they're supposed to live. And it's a lot of, hey, don't do this. Because I was an idiot, and I don't want you to be an idiot. Which I feel like is the proper teaching technique of all dads to all sons. 
Like, don't do that because I was stupid. I did these things. Please don't be like me in this moment. Um, at least that's, that's how I go about teaching my son a lot. Like, oh, don't, don't do that. Why? Well, because the girl will get mad at you. you. Your friends will think you're an idiot. Your parents will be frustrated. So if you don't want any of those three things to happen, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Oh, that makes sense. I'm going to go do it anyway. Yeah, cool, because you're a kid. Uh, but uh, then after he messes up, he's like, hey, you told me not to do that. I understand why a little bit more now. Okay, well, let's have a little more conversation. Quit stubbing your toe against the same thing. Today, we're talking about stubbing our toe in the way in which we speak to people. The way in which we speak to people. If we look at Proverbs and you read through it, you're going to see some certain themes. One is how uh, Solomon is always talking to, his, to the audience about how to contain their um, lustful desires. He's always talking to them about how you speak, and he's always talking to them about how they deal with money. Now, I feel like if we are trying to change our lives in any way, shape, or form, grabbing a hold of one of those three is probably a pretty good way of starting to change our life, trying to fix what's going on in our lives, dealing with the stuff um, that maybe we're struggling with. And so today, we're going to center on how we talk about uh, our mouth and how we control our mouths. And in our day and age, if Solomon was writing this today, he would say something about our fingertips, how we type. Sometimes the most spiritual thing you can do is hit the delete button. I operate on a ratio of about 1 to 10. There is some amazing, beautiful, insightful, pithy, snarky, cutting, just mm, emails that will never see the light of day. And Kevin uh, was in the office, and we would joke about how I needed to have like an anonymous Twitter account. I just needed my own thing that I could say what I wanted to say, because that was really funny, but really not appropriate, so maybe I shouldn't do that. And so there, it was just an ongoing joke. And so, but through that, I thought, in reflection, it was like, yeah, it makes a funny joke. However, if it's not appropriate for me to say, then it's something that should be on the delete floor anyway. So I I seriously operate on probably a 1 to 10 ratio of of posting emails, thinking things, texts, all of them. Um, Now you're like, wow, I wonder if he already had really mean things to say to me. That's not what I want you to take from that. (laughs) It's really, really, I just thought that maybe that that, that could have popped in your head. It's like, oh, that's not what I wanted out of this at all. It's the filter of, whoa, 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 that's not actually the representation of what I want to come out. That's really not what I want to happen. And that's really, really difficult for me. I want to be funny. I want to be liked. Those are two things that have gotten me in trouble a lot in life. And so for me to stop, ah, don't say that. It's really difficult and something I've really tried to work hard on in life. And you guys might go, you work at that? Because we can't tell. Uh, but I really, I really do try to, try to work on that because I, I know that when you say something off the cuff, when you, when you get in the heat of the moment, when you are dealing with um, not all the information that you possibly can, you say stuff that you don't actually mean or it's going to be received in a way in which you don't actually mean and bad things happen, people's feelings are hurt and, and, and kind of stuff goes along with that. And the, to go back to our Christian witness the way in which we're trying to speak into people's lives, the way in which we're trying to love people is not represented with that. And we get off course and we're like, how did I get here? 
How did I ruin that relationship? How did I mess that up because I was trying so hard? And it just takes one sentence to go to set you back five months of relationship building. In this moment and in this time in our community and in our country, there are so many different topics. There's so many different things that are going on that we can shoot off the cuff about. We can get frustrated with. We can get mad about. We can just... That we need to be very, 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 very careful with what we say, with what we type, with what we tweet, with what we share. Because maybe a day later, we go, that's, that's not what I thought at all. I just thought it was funny. It's, it's, I see how it's hurtful. That's not portraying who I want to be. And so sometimes the most wise and spiritual thing you can do is just hit the delete button. If you need to copy and paste it into another document of like funny ideas that will never see the light of day, go ahead. Password that thing. No one can know about it. Because sometimes it's very cathartic to get it out, but no one else needs to read it. There's stuff I've thought that I felt like I needed to tell Kelly, my wife, that I would not be walking today if I would have said. Amen? Amen? All right? Like, so there's things, I was right. But that's not appropriate, needed, helpful. Just shut your mouth. Delete it. What a Building that filter is so super helpful. And so I want to uh, narrow down onto three different ways in which I think Solomon is telling us to drill into that filter, to work through that. And if you can start using this as a building block of how you communicate, things in your parenting change, things in how you uh, facilitate with your friends change, coworkers, marriages, all of it starts to be a healthier way of communicating. And so this is what Solomon is trying to break down in these uh, passages and I want to uh, center on them for you today. There's three things that we're going to center on. The first is he, uh, my mind just went blank with what my three things are. I'm uh, sorry. We speak with purpose. Speak with purpose. That what we say actually matters. That there's a purpose behind what we're saying. We're not filling, the Bible's full of the Satan. Don't give in to idle chatter. Paul talks about this, Solomon talks about this, lots and lots and lots of statements about this. We don't just fill the air with dumb words. Speak with a purpose. The second thing is speak truth. Speak truth. More to come on this in a second. And the third was speak life. One of my favorite verses is there's power of life and death in the tongue. There's power of life and death in the tongue. And if you get nothing else out of today's message, if you can just play that in your head, there's power of life and death in your tongue. If you've ever been railroaded by people just speaking yuckiness into your life, you know there's power of life and death in the tongue. If you've ever been lifted up by somebody and said, you have what it takes, you can do this, I believe in you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. There is a power of life and death in the tongue. And so we want to speak with purpose. We want to speak the truth and we want to speak life into people. How do we do that? Great question. Proverbs 10, 19 through 21. When the words are many, sin is not absent, but the prudent hold their tongues. The tongue of the righteous is, the, is choice silver, but the heart of the wicked is of little value. 
The lips of the righteous nourish many, but fools die for the lack of sense. I thought this is very interesting because I was reading through the different translations trying to grab a hold of this, this first verse. When words are many, sin is not absent. Which, because this is a poem uh, in Hebrew, it translates a little funky to English. Okay, let's just <laughs> I'll agree with that because that reads kind of funny. But when you talk too much, sin happens. Have you ever watched somebody just talk too much? You might be watching somebody right now. You watch them talk too much and you just find them getting like, put the shovel down. You're getting, you just stop. Stop what you're doing. When words are many, sin is not absent, but the prudent hold their tongues. What is... So if we speak with purpose, when we enter a conversation, maybe we start the conversation and, and that's okay. It was a, hey, how are you? How's the dog? How's the kids? Whatever. And it, the purpose was what? Just to get to know somebody. The purpose was to catch up. That's a fine purpose. But all of a sudden, if you start meandering farther and farther into that conversation without a purpose for, the, for speaking, you find yourself gossiping. You find yourself complaining. You find yourself doing all the things in a, in a conversation that you don't really want to. I didn't enter this conversation to start complaining about Bob. That was not my intent. I don't want to be here. I like Bob. Why am I saying these words? This is silly. Reclaim the purpose of the conversation and just redirect it. Oh, man. All of a sudden, you start talking about the weather. Because it's not reclaim purpose. When you are a purposeful person in the way in which you speak to people, people will enjoy speaking to you. You may that may be very annoying for them because they wanted to meander into the, the, the realms of gossip or tearing somebody down. But man, it's refreshing to know. Oh, every time I talk to Paul, we are here. We're talking about how good this is, how wonderful that is. We're talking about the purpose of how we can fix this issue. Now, that may sound tiring, but that, the purpose of, of speaking with purpose is to just have intent. My intense intent in talking to Jean is to build her up today. My intent with talking to Pete is to find out how his life's going. My intent is, do you see how that changes what we're doing? Instead of just meandering through conversation, um, that is that's something I, I've been trying to apply to my life. It's a slow go. I think I do some of the other ones better. But tr- trying to go with purpose in what I speak. Some of you introverts are like, wait a minute, you would talk to somebody without purpose? Pray for us, extroverts, we have a problem, okay? So that, that, that's a personality change right there. You introverts are like, yeah, that's what you do. You have topic sentences, you have it all marked out. You got the whole thing. Extroverts are going, oh, I was supposed to think before I, hmm. Mental note. Let's try that, okay? So the uh, second way in which we want to speak into people's lives is speak truth. Now, this one has uh, been hijacked recently. And there's a philosophical change going on in our uh, country. There is the clash of modernity and the clash of post-modernity. Now, how you can be post-modern makes no sense, like, time-wise. Like, you can't be ahead... It's like somebody, uh, somebody I read calls himself a futurist. Like, how can you be a futurist? Because you're not in the future. 
just doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, there's a clash of philosophical differences of modern and postmodern. When those two collide, we get things like this statement here. Well, my truth is this. That's a classic postmodern statement. When you say, no, the truth is this, that's a classic modern statement. And when those two worlds go boom like this, you get Facebook wars. Okay? You've seen this happen. That is, we were learning about this 20 years ago in college, and we're like, this is the dumbest thing ever. That's never going to happen. Now we're living through it, and we're like, oh, man, should have paid a little bit more attention in philosophy class. So here's, as a Christian response to what truth is, we hold what truth is, is the scripture. The scripture has to have the final say in what truth is. It has to. Or everything else that we do falls apart. Everything else we believe falls apart. Everything else how we act falls apart. And we can have lively discussion of what the scripture says is actually true. And, and what that means and what that looks like. And that's what church and community and life groups and, and all kinds of fantastic conversations are. That is wonderful. But what we can't say is my truth is this, and that truth supersede whatever the scripture says. If we call ourselves a Christian, that cannot be, those two things cannot be true. They can't. They're at odds with each other. Now, if I say my truth is I believe Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of my life, and the scripture says that, guess what? That can, that, those, those two can mesh. But there's not a picking and choosing of, well, my truth is this, but the scripture says that, but I'm still going to go with me. That doesn't work. We see this a ton in society right now. And that's where a bunch of the tension comes from. Now, we have people who think they've been right for 50 years, and their truth was still not scriptural, biblical truth. Okay? That's not me saying somebody's right and somebody's wrong in this. It's we've continued to look back at scripture and say, what is biblical truth? That has to be the foundation in which all else is built on. When you say, nah, I'm going to go with my truth over the biblical truth, we have significant cataclysmic problems. It's the definition of building your house on sand or building your house on a firm foundation. And so when I say speak truth, it's not your truth, but biblical truth. And speaking truth in love takes a ton of patience. Proverbs 12, 13 through 18. Evildoers are trapped by their sinful talk, and so the innocent escape trouble. For the, from the fruit of their lips, people are filled with good things, and the work of their hands brings them reward. The way of the fools seems right to them, their truth. But the wise listen to advice. Fools show their annoyance at once, but the prudent overlook an insult. An honest witness tells the truth, but a false witness tells lies. The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue lasts only a moment. The words of, a re of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Folks, I want my lips to bring healing, to bring care into people's lives. And I wonder with what we produce, are we bringing healing? Are the words of our lips a calming, healing salve 
on our community, on our friends, on our family, or do they pierce like swords? Speak truth. There are issues going around in our country, in politics, in our community, and within Christianity. You may not be as in tune with what, some of the turmoil that's going on in different denominations and stuff going on and decisions being made, and uh, not in the Church of God, Anderson, but in different places. But there's a lot of turmoil right now. And so the filter in which I'm trying to put myself out there with, what I'm trying to operate under, the constraints that I'm trying to build on, on this and these, is until I've done a lot of scripture reading, a lot of scripture reading, a lot of praying through it, a lot of journaling, and then doing a lot of scripture reading again. Am I going to open my mouth? In these times, to love someone is to be slow to speak and slow to get angry. That is where wisdom will come from in this moment and in this time. There are things that we spout off about, we think are funny, we think, oh, that's going to get somebody really good right now. That doesn't bring health, it doesn't bring healing, it doesn't bring love, it doesn't bring even truth into the situation. And so as we parent, as we are friends and neighbors, are we speaking biblical truth into people's lives? And if we don't know, if we're confused about what the biblical truth is on a certain subject, we probably should stop talking. That's harder for some of us. I would say people are desperate for certainty in what they think in this time. Everything seems to be questioned. And the way in which we grab a hold of certainty, the way in which we wrestle well with that, is two different things. We wrestle with the word of God. Wrestling with God is a beautiful thing. One of the heroes of the faith is known for wrestling with God all through the night. The country of Israel is named after him. He's wrestling with moral decisions. He's wrestling with all kinds of issues when he's wrestling with God that night. A physical man manifestation, angel of the Lord. That's a good place to be. It's a painful place to be. It's a life-changing place to be. But we have to be willing to do that. What gets us into trouble is that sometimes we're not willing to grapple with God. We think somehow that makes us less of a follower of God. That that makes us less of a Christian. And I would submit to you that, that in that wrestling just builds strength and courage and conviction and relationship. If you're a dad, one of the most fun things ever is when your boy looks at you and tries to suplex you. He tries, you just off the top shelf, off the bunk bed. Ah! It's one of the best. It may hurt, but man, you remember it. And you can, I'm going to, how you like me now? You take him to the pool and you pile drive him in. It's great. 
That wrestling builds community. That wrestling builds connection. That wrestling, when you go through the push and pull of that, it deepens your faith. And we've got to be willing to do that. Some of us are not willing to take that kind of plunge to delve into what truth is. And we've got to be there because the world is searching for what that truth is. And they're making up answers. All Christians believe this. All all Christians believe that. They're making up answers. I've, I've seen so much stuff. I'm like, that's not what any, like, two people believe. Westboro Baptist Church believes that. That's it. Nobody else is painted with that brush. Stop it. They'll make up answers instead of, because we're not speaking biblical truth. And we go fly off the cuff. And we haven't acted out of wisdom. And folks, in this moment, in this time, it is incredibly important for us to speak in truth. Third thing. We speak life. Proverbs 10, 11 through 14. The mouth of the righteous is the fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Hatred stirs up conflict, but love covers all wrongs. Wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning, but a rod is for the back of one who has no sense. Youch. Um, the wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool invites ruin. How do you frame your conversations? Do your words with your wife, with your husband, with your kids, with your coworkers speak life? Because if they are not bringing life into them, what are we doing? We have a chance. There's going to be plenty of other things, people, and circumstances that will tear people down and invite death into their lives. We as believers of Christ and have the hope and the of everlasting life with God himself should be fountains of life into people's lives. It's how we direct our mouthpieces. How do we speak life into someone? I think it depends on the situation and what they need in that moment. Sometimes they don't even know what they need. But if your purpose is to speak life into someone, you can try one of these three things. Say what you see in them. What do I see in you? Oh, man. I see you. You're so creative. You're so this. You're all, wow. I can't believe you can do that. Find something to speak life into someone. You have no idea what that can change in somebody's life. There's power of life and death in the tongue. I see who you're becoming. I can't wait to see where that takes you. Second thing you could do is say where you see their victories. I've noticed you've gotten a lot better at this. I've noticed you've, you've conquered that, haven't you? Right? Who doesn't like to be told, even if it might not be true, it looks like you lost weight. I, I bought a good shirt. That's, that's what, what happened. But okay, thank you. Thank you, right? Everybody loves to hear that. But where's your victories? Man, I've seen, I've seen how you're doing better with your son. Or Man, your marriage looks better. Like, are you guys, you guys are having a lot more fun. You guys just smile at each other a lot more. Thanks for noticing. Yeah, we're doing really well. The, speak into where the victories are. Say where you're proud of them. This doesn't happen. You guys... You might think, oh, I have to do that with my kids. You do need to do that with your kids. But you need to do it with your spouses. You need to do it with people and your friends. You're not getting out of the park. You're doing great with this. People need life spoken into them. 
Everywhere else, it's getting sucked out of them. Everyone else has to drive on 55 every day, right? It's just a, a complete life suck. Joy suck of life. We need our homes and our places and our churches and the places in which we contact with and our neighbors to be places of effervescent life. And the easiest and quickest way to do that is change how we speak life into people. This morning, I want this to be a week in which we start to redirect how we speak life into people, how we change, how we move the needle from a place that maybe shoots off our mouth and, and we bring death to people around us instead of the life that we can bring. That your words mean something. Your words matter. There's power of life and death in the tongue, and you get to choose to bring life today. Pray with me. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for who you are and what you're doing in our lives. Lord, we ask you to be with us and guide us. Lord, I ask you to move in us this morning. I ask you to uh, give us the filters in which we can bring life into the situations we find ourselves in. Lord, some of these decisions to be purposeful, to be truthful, to, to speak life are hard. And we need your courage and your discernment to do it well. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us at church this week. And a special thanks to all those who continue to support our mission through your generosity. You too can support our mission to reach, grow, and serve our community by giving on the website or through the app. To make sure you never miss out on a message, be sure to subscribe. And don't forget to hit that share button to spread the word. Have a great week.